Welcome to the St. Gabriel Catholic Radio Weekly Faith Dialogue with Bishop Robert J. Brennan, Bishop for the Diocese of Columbus, for the second week of February as we prepare for the start of Lent, with Ash Wednesday coming up next week. Welcome, Your Excellency, Bishop Brennan. Thank you. How good to be with you. Hello, everyone. You know, time is flying, but this week, staying within where we're at, is National Marriage Week. Is that correct? That is. So here in the United States, especially in the Catholic Church, we celebrate National Marriage Week. Um, it goes Sunday to Sunday. It usually incorporates Valentine's Day. And, um, and, and sadly enough, I think Valentine's Day is so superficial. But we, <laughs> isn't it though? I mean, oh, it we is. really reduce love in, 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 into silly little things. Whereas, in fact, it's something. It, it's it, it's a tremendous gift of oneself, and so congra- congratulations to all our married couples. We want to salute and celebrate you. We want to thank all of our married couples because in marriage we uh, see the gift of husband and wife to each other, and in that we we just get this beautiful image of God's love for, for us, the, God, the the love of God within the Trinity. Um, if you think about it, marriage faithfully lived and joyfully lived is a transforming force in the world. And it it demonstrates sacrifice, it fosters hope, manifests mercy, creates new life. So... uh, so greetings to all our married couples, and, uh, and that, that's true in all the joys and in all the struggles, and as a church, we want to walk with you through all of that, so God bless you. You mentioned all the struggles. Uh, marriage, of course, has a lot of ups, but it also has some challenges as we bump into the uh, potholes of life. Um, any advice for married couples as uh, they may be going through one of those potholes? Well, we, we, the first thing always is to turn to the Lord and ask for his guidance and his help. You, you, you start there, you know, um, and it, it never was marriage meant to be simply between husband and wife. It was always meant to be husband and wife together with God. And so, um, especially in a sacramental marriage, the, there's that profound invitation of God into the married life. And so, um, you know, many, many families have taken on some of our devotional things, like the, the uh, enthronement of the Sacred Heart, mm-hmm. in, to bringing Jesus into their homes. And um, many have just prayed the rosary separately or together and just tried to, to, to uncover where God is speaking to them. But also, here in the diocese, we do have a, an office of marriage and family life, and um, and on our website, there are resources, and we want to be able to try to walk with people in all the joys and struggles of marriage. Um, the, uh, the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops um, has a website called foryourmarriage.org. And so no matter what state your marriage is in, um, there, there are resources there that, that help you enrich your marriage. Um, and maybe even to try to bring about healing. There were different retreats, uh, different counseling possibilities. Um, but, but the key is, in all states of life, we need to turn to the Lord. So, uh, but again, even in the struggles, you're transforming the world. Even in the struggles. Bishop Brennan, uh, you have uh, dinner with 
fellow priests on a regular basis, and I know that you're a great conversationalist. Is that a lost art when it comes to marriage and communication? Well, let's uh, yeah, perhaps. Uh, um, I don't know that I can uh, speak uh, definitively on that, um, but I think it is a lost art in general and in family life. Um, and, and, and again, I say this with the greatest amount of respect. Um, I look at my brothers and sisters, and I see all of the pressures that are on families every single day. I, you know, I now now they're my brothers and sisters are starting to get a little bit older, like I am, and um, I, I'm the oldest, and I keep reminding them that they're following right <laughs> behind me. I tell them we're we're getting older. I'm about to start saying we're turning sixty. <laughs> They'll say, "No, you you will be in a couple of years." But anyway, um, the I've watched them, and during those teenage years, I think they spent, especially the moms in the family, spent eighty percent of their day in the car. Now that might be a little bit of an exaggeration, but you were running constantly from place to place and thing to thing, um, and, and and wanting to provide the best for you, your children. You know, uh, whether, whether it be sports or other activities, music, um, dance, and 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 every hour almost seems occupied. And one of the great traditions that we've lost is family dinner. Mm-hmm. Um. And um, and I hate to say it, you're right. I live in a rectory, and I I, I do live among priests, and I I love the fact that um, we you know as much as we can, but we generally sit down and have dinner together. This is a time that we stop, and and that's important for us as priests. Not that's an important part of our day um, to to be able to share with one another, learn from one another work together with one another you know doing the dishes is uh is, is part of life and um and yeah i think that it's it's not that any that individual families are at fault for not having that family meal it's that the circumstances and the pressures of life make it harder and harder and so whatever we can do to build up that art of conversation is probably going to help to strengthen our family life the Marriage and Life Office had uh, sent out an email yesterday, and uh, in that email were some conversation starters for that special dinner, maybe on Sunday. My wife and I are going to go through some of those. I'm not sure if she'll approve all the questions, but it's going to be exciting to um, to kind of have those discussions and over a nice meal. Uh, this is National Marriage Week, and it kind of ties into... Um, kind of getting down and dirty as Jesus did when he started proclaiming the gospel in the the book of Matthew. I'm sorry, the book of Mark. In the book of Mark. The gospel of Mark is so rich. Mark gets right to the point on things. And um, and chapter 1 of Mark gives us this image of Jesus on the run, on the go, and like you say, rolling up and getting down into the nitty-gritty of human life. So, so you know, it starts with uh, the proclamation of John the Baptist, uh, the baptism of Jesus, the temptations in the desert, but then Jesus makes that great announcement. The, now is the time of fulfillment. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. And 
boom, he gets going. He calls his new disciples, um, Simon and Andrew, Peter and John. He brings them to the temple and he preaches in the temple. He drives out demons in the temple. The, te- the demons say, hey, what if, uh, have, have you come here to destroy us? We know who you are. And Jesus essentially says, exactly, that's what I came to do. <laughs> and he heals people. He frees them from those demons. He gets into the nitty-gritty of um, people. He gets to... Um, to to the house of Peter and uh, well Simon I should say and gets into his family gets into the house he gets into the family and of course Simon Peter's mother-in-law is ill so what does he do he sits and heals her he engages with her and heals her and then we hear then we hear it was evening and so it was the Sabbath day and at the evening of the Sabbath day people came with their sick bringing them to Jesus so that he might heal them and you get I, I i was joking at mass i said um if jesus uh, began his ministry in 2021 he would have been told he needed a logistics department so that he could do things efficiently <laughs> <laughs> and you know he could have couldn't he have just said everybody be healed and and it's and it's done and get it over with in a, in a five minute uh session that's not what he did he engaged with each person. You see, the healing was only part of it. The healing was the fruit of the encounter with Jesus. And so he, 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 it was a one-on-one healing. He engaged with them. And people were coming from all over. He went off to pray. And, um, and, and Simon had to come and get him and say, uh, Jesus, everybody's looking for you. <laughs> you're, you're needed. And Jesus says, well, you have to keep moving on because there are many in need. That's, that's what I came to do. I'm not here you know, to, be, to, to perform work. I'm going to continue healing. And he did. He continued to heal. He went back and healed and moved on to other places and healed. But he, um, it was through engagement. It was through that, that one-on-one encounter. Um, and and then next week we're going to hear another event when the leper comes up to him and everybody's shocked. This is a this is a cause of great scandal. You know, the, this leper brought, broke all the rules. Who, who does he think he is breaking into this crowd? <laughs> I mean, we can uh, it's it's we get the mindset living in the pandemic, right? Yeah. Somebody coming in, and then Jesus does the unthinkable. He heals him by touch. And in a sense, the uncleanness, if you will, the disease of this man with leprosy does not cross over to Jesus, but Jesus, the the whole person, crosses over into the man who was diseased. And Jesus gives him healing. He catches, if you will, Jesus' cleanness, Jesus' wholeness. And he's transformed. Um, again, not magic encounter. And so, uh, the, yeah, the, the, these are this. For, and, and all that I said, we, that's, that's chapter one alone. That is chapter one. All that happened in chapter one of Mark's gospel. It is jam packed it is jam-packed and um and it gives us pause and and pause to celebrate pause to seek healing in our own lives 
and uh, and to seek deep healing you know it's beautiful when when miracles happen and i believe in them wholeheartedly but really what's going on in the gospel is something much deeper than what you see it's what happens inwardly through that transformation that encounter with jesus christ so that no matter what there is healing that takes place when we turn to the lord and really place ourselves in his hands now you know this week again this is well placed because on um thursday of this week we celebrate the feast of our lady of lords and we know that lord is 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 a site for, for healing and I, I, it's one place that I've, I have not yet been that I long to get to. I really do want to go to Lourdes one day. And, um, and it's, it's just that, that apparition of Mary and, 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 and her words, she reveals Jesus to us. She says, look to, look to Jesus. And that became a place, that spring became a place of, of healing. And, uh, and so the, um, Pope St. John Paul gave us that gift of calling this day now, designating the Feast of Our Lady of Lourdes as World Day of Prayer for the Sick. And so uh, we entrust the sick to our Lord. We join our prayers with the Blessed Mother and entrust ourselves and our need for healing and all of the sick to, um, to Our Lady and to bring them to Jesus. And we entrust all of the sick to God, to the powerful love of God that Mary shows to us, that she opens up to us. And, um, and, and and we ask God to be with those who are sick. And, you know, this year, the World Day of the Sick takes on a special meaning, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. After everything we've been through, um, we, we, we cry out to the Lord for, for healing at every level. And then next week, we usher in Lent on Wednesday. It's hard to believe that Ash Wednesday is right around the corner. It is. It is. And um, and I, I think I'm ready for Lent. <laughs> this might be one of the few years, or is it uh, normal <laughs> that you feel upbeat about this? I feel upbeat about it. Um, I feel upbeat. And, um, and one of the... Uh, the things I want to think about is, is let's, you know, if you, it's kind of sadly, it marks almost an anniversary. Last year, we were just getting into Lent. We were a couple of weeks into Lent when um, we we realized that this pandemic was far more serious than we might have imagined and still very mysterious to us. So um, this Lent is hopefully a chance for us to go deep into the heart of God, and um, and and you know my own confessor suggested for, to, to me thinking about doing all those wonderful important practices of Lent, but also maybe trying to do something to get out of myself and for somebody else, for mm. other people, mm. and so that's something I've been contemplating these last couple of days, and. Um, and I think it's something we can all do. But as we look at the Gospels, again, this time of Lent is really about encounter. Moses, this was, it's, it's modeled after the 40 days in the desert. And what happened in those 40 days in the desert? The people got to know God. Mm-hmm. They got to know the mind of God. Moses formed them as, as a nation, as a 
people of God, and they came to know the heart and the mind of God. Um, this is a time for us to deepen our relationship with the Lord, to uh, deepen that encounter. And we're doing that in a special way with 40 days of adoration within our diocese. Exactly. And that's isn't that exciting? So mm-hmm. this is part of our, um, our co- common effort together as a church, really, to build up our unity as a church, to look to the future together um, and, and set that vision, and really is part of a new evangelization effort. So we begin by turning to the Lord, by spending time with the Lord. And so 40 days of adoration. And um, I thank Father Adam Streitenberger and our evangelization committee for proposing this and and organizing it. So um, we have at least 40 churches. Actually, we have a couple more because um, we, we had a few that said, oh, please, can I get in on this? And, um, and even, even though the calendar was done. So there are a couple of days where there are multiple sites, but by and large, it each day a church is designated. Now, here's what we have in mind. This is for, the reason we do the 40 days in the, in the different churches is to show our unity, that we're all involved in this effort together. And so this is happening all over the diocese throughout the season. Clearly, not. I'm, I'm not looking for everybody to get to every church. Um, but you know what? I, I think some people may try or at least try to get to as many as possible. That's my hope. I I know simply because I know I'll have to step out of town for a couple of days at one point, but um but by and large I'm going to I'm going to do what I can and try to get to some of these churches. And I think people will do that. There's a great tradition in Rome of the station churches and they're long set in place and people go around the city of Rome um to the different churches each day. Um, to, to make making those stations, so it's kind of along this uh, similar lines. But e- even if you can't be there, if you download the ca- calendar, it's on our website, and um, um, and m- many parishes are including it in their bulletin. If you can get there, great. If you can't, if you're homebound, especially, could you pray in union with them and know that somebody's praying for you? I promise you that somebody in one of those churches is praying for you. Um, so, so maybe if you would pray in union with those who are in that church that day, if you if you can't get out at all, or um, if you can't get to the, that church that day, and then you know p- parishes will continue to have their regular times for adoration, um, and. Um, <clears throat> And so uh, maybe you could stop in on your own parish, um, but uh, but this is this is all connected to our desire really to deepen that appreciation um, for the Eucharist, something we're really recapturing after the experience of this year. Um, we we had that experience of longing, sadly. Um, and we have the experience of people making the return, but I, you know, not everybody feels safe just yet, and I get it. But, um, but this is a way of us starting to say that that's what adoration's about. It's really about longing to draw us back to the banquet of the Lord and and, and the sacrifice of Christ in Holy Communion. So, uh, so. 
Yeah, that's. I think this can be a very special Lent. I believe so as well. Uh, Bishop Brennan, can you close us with a prayer and a blessing? Absolutely. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. And as we approach this Feast of Mary on Our Lady of Lourdes, and with a prayer of healing for those who are ill, and for all those who serve so heroically in health care, let us ask Mary to pray with us as we say, Hail Mary of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, Bishop Brennan. And now we rejoin our regularly scheduled programming already in progress.